the rats don't run the city. We do. Welcome to New York! <laughs> Welcome to Best Sellers. There we go. Welcome to the Midwest this week. Oh, yeah. I was like, are we recording from a different location? Am I that drunk? I got Tyler really drunk, and I took her to the Midwest as a little surprise. She blindfolded me, and she was like, what is the worst place that I could bring her? And she chose. Well, that would be the South. (laughs) So sorry if there's any listeners in the South. We know there are great places there. My, I was born in Texas, which is kind of the South. Were you really? I was. Did I know this? I feel like I mean, it did. It like barely counts because we moved when I was like six months old. But like, where were you born? Austin. Sounds barely Texas. You know, that's the good part of Texas. (laughs) Shh. (laughs) Our listeners, we're trying to get the Love is Blind cast to listen. (laughs) And they're in Dallas. <laughs> so welcome to Bestsellers. I'm Maddie Dunkelberg. I'm Tyler Vendetti. And, wow, do we have a man's book for you this week? Yeah, any, the two men listening, get excited. Get excited. But before we get into that. What wine did we buy? It's called The Stag. Why did we choose it? Um, because we were looking for the manliest wine that we could find. Why were we looking for the manliest wine? Um, and it's a caps off. Uh, we were looking for the manliest wine because the book that we read this week, you may remember, is Righteous Prey by John Sanford. That is correct. And I, I wrote down some basics about the book just to fill everybody in because Righteous Prey is number 32 in a series, which is the Prey series. The first being Rules of Prey, which was published in... 1989. Was it? I saw it. It said 1990 on Amazon.com. According to his own website, it was 1999. Doesn't matter because the point is the same, which is that this book is older than we are. And the books, all, all the Prey novels star Lucas Davenport, who was a cop in the Midwest, and then he became a U.S. Marshal. And it's kind of unclear what age he's supposed to be. If he's been copping since 1989, he, he seems to be aging at a very slow rate, even was, though yeah, the books a, happen in real time. That's a good point. I pictured him in his 50s, like mid-50s. I think he was supposed to be... He was either... Maybe he was 50s and the other guy was 60s, because Virgil's definitely supposed to be older. When I Googled... And this was a very, this was like a three second Google search. So this could be completely wrong. But when I Googled the names of these characters, because I was trying to come up with a visual for them in my head, uh, the picture that came up for Virgil was Matthew McConaughey. Really? Yeah. Because I think it said that he has like, he's got more of that laid back surfer vibe. Oh, okay. So I assumed he was younger. Apparently, I assumed the reason I think he's older is because... They kept being, they kept being things like someone would say, welcome to the jungle. And Lucas Davenport would be like, huh? And Virgil Flowers would be like, you're not a boomer. You wouldn't know Guns N' Roses. No, but I do think what I did some very preliminary research on these characters online because I, again, this is number 32 in a series. So I was like, is there anything important that we should know about these characters going in? And one thing I found is that Virgil, he's got a couple of quirks, like as a detective character, which we'll get back to, but one of his quirks is that he wears a lot of band t-shirts. So I think he's just like a music guy. So he's a music guy. Maybe, yeah. Who? Okay, so unclear which one is older. I thought he was older. I might be wrong. He does have, like, babies, so maybe he's young. And there's less books about Virgil Flowers. Virgil Flowers, former cop, turned novelist, turned Bureau of Criminal Apprehension 
guy. I had never heard of that before this no. book, and I consume a lot of true crime. But anyway, um, he's the protege, so maybe he is younger, of Lucas Davenport. Um, this is what happens when you come in at book 32. Well, and so this is what I was going to say is I, I think mark the calendar i think we need to make a new rule with this podcast that we don't do books in a series we said that before we did this book <laughs> and, and then we did it anyway we did it anyway and we just continue to make the same mistakes because this is now i think the third book in a series is it the th- oh you're right if you i was mm-hmm. i forgot about um the, the kids book. The bad bad guys the bad guys which i still have i don't know what to do with it i need to get rid of it <laughs> put it in one of those little libraries ah that's do. a good idea mm-hmm. that's a great idea so um, this book number 32 in the Lucas Davenport series. It's about a vigilante group known as the five. They publish a press release after they kill a bad guy Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. Um, I think his, his bad thing is like he exploits homeless people or something or like migrant workers. I don't know. Anyway, they claim they're going to kill all of the worst people in society um, and donate Bitcoin to, like, relevant charities for each person. Um, So there's this anonymous vigilante group. Then they strike in the Twin Cities uh, in the Midwest. Which which ones are the Twin Cities? St. Paul and... I don't know. I know it's Minnesota. Minnesota. Midwest. Midwest. And that's when Virgie and Lucas join in. They team up to try to find the five. And then the other sort of interesting part of uh, these characters in this story is that whenever, so you have this group, you have this group of vigilantes who decide to go out and kill baddies, but what they do is they will go and they will kill someone, and then they will write a number on that person's forehead, like number one, number two, number three, whatever, Uh, and then they will make a press announcement saying, hey, this is the five, which is what they call themselves. This is the five. We have killed one of the five people we're going to kill. This was their name. This is why we killed them. This is why they suck. And this is the charity that we are going to, I think, donate money to. Mm -hmm. But the little twist with that, too, was also that, like, the charity could decide whether or not they wanted to accept the money. Right. Because they're like, do we want, you know, you decide if you want to accept our blood money. Right. And so, like, all of these vigilantes, we kind of, like, get dual perspectives. So we get the perspective of the killers as well. I think it starts off from the perspective of one of the killers. Mm -hmm. And, um... They're all Bitcoin billionaires or millionaires, and they met at, like, Bitcoin conferences, except for the leader, Vivian Zhao, who was just, like, kind of popping up at these conferences to, like, collect these billionaires. She's this woman that, like, I think it said even at one point in the book, Vivian has always wanted to be rich. That is the only thing in life she has wanted. And so she's the only one in the group that is, like, not a billionaire. Yes, and nobody, none of the group really knows that initially, which is kind of fun. Right. Which I kind of wish she would have, like, ended up killing them as well. But anyway, um, she was she was not uh, in it for the goodness of man. The politics of the five are confusing. The politics of everyone I find confusing because it's written by an old white man. But, like, some of them are, like, kind of... They, they they reference Antifa, and I'm like, oh, God, this white man thinks Antifa is like a real... No, well, I was going to jump in. I have a discussion question about this. I was trying to figure out what the politics of the author were. This it's was with, which And this was with no background on who this author is. I've never read him before. But in the book, you get... I pulled a couple of quotes because I 
And every time one of these popped up, I would sort of write on the side of my book, Republican or <laughs> Democrat. Yeah, yeah. And then I just started to get confused because he just could not decide. Right. Um, I got confused too. Like there were quotes like there was one character that said something, something along the lines of, a Hollywood screenwriter noted the liberal tendency reflected in the press releases and began trying to sell it to Amazon and Netflix as a series called The Antifa Assassins. Then there was another quote talking about one of the people that they killed who had started a Facebook group called Snowmobilers for Trump. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> so, but so my like little question was after sort of looking at all of this, I was wondering the killers in this book are all sort of far left. Like they all sort of have a, a view against extremists who they're killing. But they're also like far left billionaires, which is yeah. like not really far left when you think about it. Yeah. And Bitcoin billionaires. Right. But then all of the people they kill are sort of like tra like maybe trashy conservatives. They're all like Trumpian They're conservatives, very far They're it extremist. seems like. So like they they do establish like explicitly that like Zhao is um like was seen at anti-Trump rallies, which I'm like, mm. yes, yeah, so were all of us. Like literally <laughs> fifty thousand people were at that merch in LA <laughs> that we were at. Like anyway, um I mean but like go girl. Uh <laughs> There's there's so much going on, but I think you said it well, which I don't want to like steal your steal my thunder. Thunder. <laughs> Do it. When we were looking for the stag one, you said I'm pretty sure that the author is libertarian, and that yes. makes the most sense to me. Yes. I googled it later. He's he claims that he's centrist, which I think could maybe live in the same realm. Kind of yeah. I mean, like the the whole thing with I mean, this was kind of like a cheeky callback they had at the end, but like the two detectives were like. What did they say? Maybe it's a problem, but it's not our problem, which feels very libertarian to me. <laughs> yeah, it feels like those guys on Tinder that are like, I don't do politics. I'm not into politics. It's always a gamble on Hinge. Sometimes I'll get someone who says moderate and I'm like, ah. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but a lot of times people put other and you're like, okay, that could either mean you're like a socialist, a democratic socialist, great, or you're like... I don't know, scary, scary man. <laughs> or you're the, the Tea Party. Or... Oh, God, yeah. What is the new Freedom Caucus? Oh, the Freedom Caucus run by Andrew Yang. Is he really, is that him? Yeah, I must, I think I'm thinking of a different thing. What's like Marjorie Taylor Greene fucking doing? Is she Tea Party? I don't know what she is. I think they're a new thing. It feels like John Sanford would like that. Yeah, we should ask him. We should ask him. John, you can John? write in. John? And we, <laughs> this is Hello? when we announce... We've got John Sanford on the line, you guys. Yeah. Ring, ring. Oh, sorry. He he can't figure out how to work it because he's 78. He's also calling like a home phone. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Where is that even ringing? We don't, don't have even, a home I phone. I got rid of that. Ring. John Sanford, did you install a landline so you could call into our show? It's actually part of research for his next book. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's that's our kind of muddling through maybe the answer is that the politics are not well thought out <laughs> who knows but that's what it is one thing that he does that i find very annoying in all kinds of writing is that when people want to be like hyper realistic <gasps> do you know what i'm talking to say go ahead they just like equate like using a bunch of brand names with like good writing i 
love that you pointed. I literally have this bullet really? with examples. This was one quote. So he is describing the the detectives are are hunting down a clue and they walk into this tattoo shop and they the the writer writes in one corner of the tattoo shop tattoo shop tattoo tattoo shop <laughs> um, a stuffed antelope looked out at the customer chairs its eyes replaced by blinking red LED lights and on its back sat a teddy bear that was missing its head but was equipped with a fuzzy brown aftermarket penis. Yeah. That is insane. I feel bad. I don't know why I feel bad shitting on John Sanford. I don't think I'll ever hear this, but guy. I think he's a good guy. Listen, I actually was entertained. <laughs> I read. It was I was entertained. Book. It was a good book. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was a good uh, politically, maybe not, but like entertainment wise, good book. Um, and there was one point where they were like, uh, they kind of like dissed Carl Hyacin. Who is, are you familiar with Carl Heisen? I heard the name, but remind me. He writes, like, usually kind of thrillers. They're often set in Florida. Um, He wrote some kids' books, like Hoot. Um, Oh, yeah! But then he also writes, like, adult, like, fiction. Um, He's a great writer, and I think. Um, But he, like, had a weird diss against him. And then when I was looking at his, um, John Sanford's website later, um... I think I wrote in my notes something about Carl Hyacin. Um, but he, like, referenced Carl Hyacin again, but in a good way. So I think he overall likes him. Maybe he's friends with Carl Hyacin, and that was, like, a hot, you know, like a nudge, nudge. Jab, yeah. Um, but I found, I was like, does this man have, was like, he have beef with Carl Hyacin? What a weird, like, pop literary beef. I feel like that would be funny if they were friends and I would get that. Because, like, I feel like you and I wrote books like, I feel like I would write would, yeah. little inside yeah. jokes in the books that, like, only you would get, you know? That would be fun. <laughs> should, we, should we talk about the book? Yeah. Oh, my God. We should probably edit all of that out. <laughs> no. Put that in, like, a bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. If anyone likes us enough to pay a, money maybe for a dollar a month, we'll have a Patreon. For the BC Club. The BC Club. Oh, Before that's Christ. the name of our uh, the Before Christ Club. <laughs> that was the good times, right? It's, it's Jesus. Before Christ came along. Before that oh my bearded God, man. Yeah. Ruined everything. Freaking guy. Anyway, the stag. Why is it in this? Okay, 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 okay. Back to the book. Yes. Um, mm. I wrote down Chainsaw Sharkapalooza. Why did I write that down? Because I think that's another, I think that's another movie that they mentioned. Oh, back yeah. to the specificity thing. Yes. Oh, wait, sorry. One more thing about that. <laughs> Too much hanging out and getting food. There were so many times I'm like, <laughs> I get that a lot of being a detective is like mundane, like stakeouts are boring. Like we get that, but I don't need to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to know that they went to a diner and ordered you know, it'd be, again, the specificity would be, like, they went to a Denny's in order to Grand Slam breakfast, and they, you know, shot the shit for two hours while they, and I'm like, I don't fucking care. Just be like, two hours later, they went to this. Right, right. You know? I found that very funny. Uh, no, it almost reminds me, do you ever watch 24 back in the day, in its heyday? Sounds like something you would have written fan fiction about, though. <laughs> Jack Bauer? Yeah. I did have a crush on one of the ladies <laughs> in that show, but we ah! won't talk about that. Um I don't but one thing about that show, the whole premise of that show is that every episode is one hour in a 24-hour period of this whatever crazy action plot that's happening. Um, but one thing they never covered is they never have an hour where he's just sleeping. 
because like you assume yeah at some point he has to yeah. sleep so that's Wait, what so, that's what this made me think of is like i was like i don't need to see them right. eating at a diner i don't need to sleep the one hour where they sleep wait so go ahead I'm <laughs> Wait, <laughs> explain the purpose of 24 to me again. Okay. So it's... There's a man. E- yeah, Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Who... And the Allstate guy is he, in it as well. He's in it. He's, yeah, in one of the seasons. Um, Only one? I think it was... Don't quote me on that. Okay. The, they blur together. But Jack Bauer uh, is like a jack of all trades man. He's I don't really care about that. I want to care about... I want to know the about 24 the 24 hour thing. Great. So every... <laughs> <laughs> Every season, they choose like some big political terrorist thing that's happening, uh-huh. and Jack Bauer has twenty four hours for whatever the reason okay. to like figure out this thing, like whether it's like a nuclear bomb is going to go off and there's a ticking clock. So every episode of this show is supposed to be an hour in the life of Jack Bauer. Okay, so it it all happens in real time. It all technically happens in real time, but I remember as a kid, <laughs> clearly like overthinking everything in my life. I got into like episode eight and I was like, when does he sleep? When does he eat? When does he go to the bathroom? Well, I mean, why would they pick that one hour? But like, it's 24 hours. You can't go 24 hours without sleeping or pooping. Wait, but isn't it only one of the 24 hours that they're showing? Every episode (laughs) is a new hour. So it's like hour one, hour two. So the whole season is a 24 hours? It's one day. It's one day. (laughs) It's pretty crazy, man. And so it just feels unrealistic that you would never see him on the toilet. So he, I mean, so he only takes a case once a year, but he works 24 hours a day for that. <laughs> it was 24 hours a day. <laughs> Maybe, and he doesn't time. poop or sleep in that day. No, he just, he must purge, like, beforehand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> purge his body. Yeah. <laughs> take, yeah, checks take, out. Tom Four Loco or something. <laughs> that seems like it would not go well. <laughs> it's probably it's the final season of <laughs> he has a heart attack. He's shitting for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> just a season of him on the toilet. That would be a fun bottle episode. <laughs> Everything bottle you didn't season, see. A bottle season. <laughs> the whole season is on the toilet. Just a montage of him, like, flipping through magazines on the toilet. And he, but, you know, he's, like, he's got his laptop, so he's, like, FaceTiming. And every time he does, people are, like, are you on the toilet? Right. And he's, like, I have diarrhea. I can't control it. It happened this one day of the year, the day that I'm doing my little case. <laughs> my little case. Yeah, like the insurance guy calls him and is like, yes. in 30 seconds, a bomb is going to detonate like, in Washington, D.C. And he's like, I'm out of toilet paper. Hang on one second. Gotta go raw here. Raw! <laughs> it with oh, his no! This is what reading a man book has done to us. Our brains are ruined. I hate it. I also kind of want more wine. Should I get it? I was thinking that. Should we pause? Let's pause. I'm back. While we're still on, I put this under initial reactions, but this is my final initial reaction. We were like, what are we even going to say about this book? Now We've been we're talking, talking for hours. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need to cut this down. Um, My first main initial reaction to this book and you can tell me maybe this will be our first discussion question i'll just i'll convert it right now in real time do you think they suck at their jobs <laughs> because yeah <laughs> <laughs> because in this book right the this vigilante group comes out and they are like hi 
I'm the problem is me. I, I am the five, and we are going to kill five people. Yeah. And they, they kill one person, and then they make this big press release announcement. And so they yeah. have these I detectives. I was surprised that, like, I think three people were killed before the detectives even got yes. involved. Yes. And then by the time it gets, I mean, spoiler alert. Um, everyone dies. All of the victims are killed. So, Except for, oh yeah, all the victims they, are No, two, they get killed. But only, and two of the vigilantes survive. Yes, so like some of the vigilantes die off too. And so part of me is like, you guys had plenty of time. I know. To uncover all of these people. And I was like, what are we going to do for the rest of the book? All these people right. are already dead. When I was like, at this point, just give up. Just let them kill yeah. the rest because you got like one left. Also, do you ever think about like... Again, I consume a lot of true crime, ethically, you know, watch a lot of SVU. But do you ever think about, like, in media like this where you're, they're like, all the resources, all the FBI's, all of these guys are working on this one case. And it's like, okay, Max, five people are going to be killed. <laughs> not not to get all, like, um, you know, what's that, like, train... The train metaphor. Train metaphor or whatever. Yeah. But, like... There are, like, people being killed every day of gun violence and, right. you know, like, trans like, women of color are being killed every day and, like, you're wasting all of these resources on this, like, because it's a big PR thing. Yeah, like, all of these anthropologists are like, in the time that you have spent trying to hunt down these five people, 200 people have been killed in the city because you were busy trying to hunt down who number four was. <sighs> Crime. Crime. Um, anyways, that was just the very first thought I had when I finished this book was I was like, but yeah, I think they're cool. better the job. Because but the, in the end, they didn't catch. No. They caught one of the vigilantes. One. Yep. Uh, or two, then, maybe. No, one. No, they. The rest were killed by Zhao, who, yep. spoiler, so ends up dying. They eventually, she's like, keeps killing the vigilantes when they know too much and then like one of them kills her and and then you know one of the vigilantes is like I'm gonna kill this Alex Jones type guy which I'm like great please and then he does die by like friendly fire or something okay. actually this is a good segue into one of my discussion questions do you think the killings are justified if the victims are bad people it's like mm, the Robin Hood question no I mean I wish Trump would die and I wish Mike Pence would die but I wish they would die in an embarrassing way. Um, I don't wish someone would kill them because then they would be murderers. Yes, um, yeah, I think about that. And also, I mean, like, I guess nobody should be killed, you know. I really life is sacred. I really life is sacred, and, like, murder is not good. But, uh, but like, yeah. if they fell down an elevator shaft... I think that would be fine. funny and great. <laughs> except, except people would be like, that's the the problem with their whole thing is that their followers would be like, it's a conspiracy. The, the like, lip Hillary broke the Clinton elevator. Pushed her down the <laughs> shaft. So, no, I don't think it's that was kind of a very like unethical answer that I was like, I don't think it's politically, you know, I mean, strategic to kill people. But um, no, I don't think that's a good way to accomplish things. I mean, I that was. Uh, a question meant to push you into a moral conundrum. <laughs> yes, so, and it did. Um, but Do you succeeded. think it's good to kill people? <laughs> Get you on the record. I, I'm, I haven't murdered anyone, just for the record. Uh, morally, I think I would have many issues but yeah. that I would bury and talk about in therapy later. But um, I think I could plan a murder well. I think you could. I deserved it. Yeah. 
I think I couldn't. Anytime I think about it, that's one. <laughs> it's one of the main barriers to murder for me. <laughs> it's it's like in this day and age, it's so easy to get caught. Yeah, there's going to be one little detail where you're like, oh, I didn't yeah. think of that. That was the other thing about this book, and then we can go into other discussion questions. But one of the, to give another spoiler, one of the main reasons why this whole scheme with the five starts to unravel is one of the five, one of the vigilantes, when he goes to kill his victim, he's wearing a jacket and he's like crawling through the snow. Maybe this is realistic, but as a reader, I was like, this is sus. He's crawling through the snow and he like ends up killing the person and runs away. When the detectives come in, they're able to discern Mm -hmm. what type of jacket this man is wearing from the imprint that the jacket leaves in the snow outside the victim's house. And they were like, this is a 2009 like Gucci jacket. That's not accurate, but like that idea. It does feel like that would happen in SVU. Is that does that feel accurate? Because I thought that I was know. a stretch. <laughs> I thought that was a stretch. Listen, in real life, most police are dumb. I'm so sorry <laughs> to tell you, defund them. But um, oftentimes, when you think about why was the serial killer not caught, it's either because they killed the people who society thought were not worth investigating, um, and also because the cops were dumb. Or because the killer was a white man and they thought, oh, this charming guy, he couldn't kill he could anybody. Look he at, could think of his never future. think of his future. He could be a football player. He could be. He could be the next time ready. He could be. <laughs> to be fair. If you love the Pats. As the Patriots fan in the closet, I will say, I mean, Tom, when he started, he was like a nice, like 20-something boy. And he was an attractive all-American man. And now so he's just a scrawny middle-aged man who kisses his sons on the mouth. Kisses- <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here's my next discussion question because this is a perfect segue. Yes. At one point in the book, yes, there is a quote about Lucas Davenport's teen daughter. I think she's a teen. I don't remember her exact age. Right? Letty Davenport Letty? is 24. <laughs> there is one book about her. That's coming out. The Investigator? Yeah. Is that different? Nope. I think so. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Um, she comes up in this book, and there is uh, a quote, and it goes, this is the exact quote. Oh, God. She stepped over to Lucas's bed. I'm so afraid it's going to be like Donald Trump describing Ivanka. And kissed him on the <laughs> lips. On the lips! <laughs> Held it for a second. Held it for a second. And then they both smiled. No. This is a real quote. Simply so, no. Here's my question. How do you feel about parents kissing their children on the lips? Let's I mean, discuss. <laughs> I can only speak for white culture. And I think, um, no, never. No, it's never normal. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm and i sure there's issues around that. I, I'm sure that we have sexualized kissing in a way that right, makes that Right, right, right. But also kissing is pretty fucking <laughs> sexual. <laughs> That's like kind of a main thing you do with the sexual partner. It's like, like, you like slip the tip into your kid's mouth. Yes! Like that's, that's weird. Oh, I that was never even like on the table. I have never ever mm-hmm. once kissed my parents on the lips. Nor would I want to. Like if they oh. kissed my cheek, I'd be like, "What are you doing?" The only person I'll kiss on the lips is my dog. <laughs> Put that tongue all the way in the back of my throat. Put it in there. Some people are like, that's gross. And I'm like, listen, I know he likes his penis. I was going to say, I know where that tongue has been, and it's been in his crotch. I don't care. I want to feel love. (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't have anyone else to kiss me. <laughs> Can I can't that? kiss my parents, so I might as well kiss my dog. I'm going to make a compilation of your little songs this episode and make it our theme song. Yay! <laughs> um, wow, yeah, so no, we were in agreement there. Oh, you were in agreement there. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, you're Italian. Italians love to kiss, but on Did the I cheek. Love, I love kisses. Yeah. This isn't any form as long yeah. as it's not with my parents. Yeah. I could kiss for hours. On Siri Doodles. Next question. As we know, this is number two. No. Um, you mean number 32? <laughs> number 32. <laughs> as you know, this is number 32 in a series. Wait, by the way, this is number 32 in the Lucas Davenport yes. Prey series, which every single title is Blank Prey. You That's know, what I was Ocean Prey. So just to give you a sampling uh-huh. of some of the other titles okay. um, that tickled me, there were uh, books titled Certain Prey. That one was made into a movie starring Mark Harmon. Really? Yes. I know some of them have been adapted, but I was too lazy to look up. Yeah, that was the only, I was like, that's enough. And I wrote that in the notes, you can see. (laughs) You can tell me if any of these other ones. Yeah, I also wrote, does not like Austin Powers about John Sanford. Is that a thing? (laughs) He, he wrote that very explicitly on his website that he does not like Austin Powers, but he likes one specific moment. Do you know what the moment is? It was like something toward the beginning where like Minnie Me does something funny or something. Or Dr. Evil. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, it's the millionaire thing where he puts his <laughs> finger up to his mouth and he goes, one million dollars. <laughs> one million dollars. Austin Powers is funny and great. Classic. I haven't seen that since I was like 10. There was one moment. I interrupted you again. I'm no, so go, sorry. Go, go, go. When. Of your life. Jen and I, my former roommate and current and forever cousin. <laughs> current cousin. <laughs> current cousin. Uh, sometimes our brains will connect in a way that is spooky. And we were like sitting around trying to figure out what to watch one day. And then we were like both browsing Hulu kind of silently. And then all of a sudden we see a title. And at the same moment, we both whisper, Austin Powers. <laughs> and I love that. Was that was it a title that was Austin Powers related? Or? It was Austin Powers. We saw okay, the great. movie Austin Powers and we both thought, oh, Austin Powers. That's a classic. Great, great movie. <laughs> um, Can you hear that? ASMR. Did you finish it? <laughs> you can have a sip. Uh, that's the last of it. Yeah. Here, well, um, give, me, give me your glass. I mean, I probably had too much anyway, but I don't know. Uh, we need it for a man book. No, that's too much. Same. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So... 30-second book in the series. They're all something prey. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. I forgot I was talking. Um, Okay. Other uh, book titles that tickled me. Certain Prey, Naked Prey, Broken Prey, Wicked Prey. Shout out, Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Wicked Prey. (laughs) Wicked Prey. (laughs) Masked Prey, which reminds me of the Masked Singer, and I just picture her like the killer's dancing. And my absolute favorite, Silken Prey. Ooh, that feels <laughs> bad. Even know what that means. So all of that is lead up to my next question, which is, what would you title your personal prey book? Is there one called Devious Prey? Oh, I don't think so. Because that's fun. Or Sexy Prey. <laughs> sexy, sexy Baby? Hot Hot Prey. Hot 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 Prey. Oh, but Devious um, is like, my first one. I like Devious. Makes me think one. of Devious Maids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was deciding between Sleepy Prey and Frazzled Prey. 
What was the second one? Frazzled. Frazzled prey. Frazzled prey. It's just a woman who's like Kathy from the Kathy comics. I just, no, I picture like Hermione, but like her, her like movie one hair. Yes. Her book hair. Her book hair. Yeah. Anyway, this book, um, there is an Alex Jones like figure in this book to bring it back to politics. Yeah, I don't care. Um, (laughs) And he does die and they make nothing of it. Again, I'm like, same thing, like, would love for that man to die in a silly way. Um, and, you know, like a freak way, like an anvil dropped on his head kind of way. I think the way he died was kind of funny. Well, in the book. In, well, he was shot. Well, he had, like, his pants down. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty his, funny. He late night pee. That's funny. Um, they make little of that, but anyway, that happens in this book. Um, I have another discussion question, if you're ready. I'm ready. I think I've gone through all my Maddie thoughts. Great. I have like two or three left. So, but they're all fun. What type of baddie would be your target? So everyone in this book, all of the killers, they choose a victim that sort of represents like their, what they consider a big evil in their life. So for example, one person kills somebody that is a ghost gun manufacturer. Yes. One woman was like, you know, targeted by sexual predators, she mm-hmm. kills them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, is there a category of person, or is there a type of person mm-hmm. that would be your target, and what would they be? Almost. Um, okay. <laughs> I again don't think I would accomplish enough by killing people, and also I don't think I could do it because I couldn't live with the guilt. But <laughs> what I would do is I would take all of the guns. I would Grinch-style steal all guns, and I would ment, uh, ment? <laughs> melt them down and make trains. <laughs> Full-size trains or, like... Or train tracks. Um, or, like, like kitty trains. like, like Full-size. Uh, I mean, there's so many guns in America. I could probably make full-size trains. Um, so I would improve the public transit system in America by melting down all of the guns. And then think of all the homicides we would prevent. Gun violence would not exist. Um, and any time a new little gun is made, I would Grinch-style steal it and make it into something fun. Statues. Um plaques i mean this is when i'm like i've had enough trains you know yeah, yeah um yeah, housing so this is extra extra this is post train yeah. um you know statues of gay icons statues of gay icons lady gaga has a statue johnson is on the top of every capital building we've got lizzo uh, and yeah that's what i would do okay that's what right. i would focus that's my crime great. energy on that is a great answer so just like mm-hmm. gun people that you're taking their guns and putting them to good use and their moms and, and their <laughs> guns <laughs> yeah you got um, any more discussion cues we had a lot i have one more and then we're oh, we can move perfect. to our game here's my question yes everyone in this book wants to be rich if you were rich what would you do with the money um let's say you make like an nft that makes a billion dollars suddenly what would you do with it i would buy a house what kind of house uh regular (laughs) (laughs) one with walls and uh, i mean honestly probably 
Well, I guess if I won a jillion dollars, I might as well buy a house a in L.A. With a J? Yeah, a J. Okay. Um, I would buy a house in Los Feliz. Uh, it would oh. be $900,000. Los Feliz? <laughs> and then I would buy a house in Oregon. And then I would say that's all for houses for now. And then I would get a really nice... You wouldn't get a third house? You have one in your hometown, one in L.A. You wouldn't get like one for funds? No, I would um, get a really nice assisted living facility for my grandma. Oh, she's sweet. And then I would um, figure out how much I would need to live from year to year. And then I would give the rest to dogs, (laughs) a charity. Probably not not dogs. She goes to Mexico and she hands out dollar bills. (laughs) Chihuahuas. Yeah. Okay. That was my last question. So it's game time. It's game time. This game is called John Sanford or Maddie. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read you a little quote, and no. you're going to tell me no. if it was from John Sanford's Facebook page. No. Okay. He writes a lot of rants. Tyler actually sent this to me, so some of these you might know. I would actually do it. <laughs> and some of them are me. <laughs> I was like, ooh, it would be funny if I like found another you know, pop culture figure, and it was like, ooh, is it this or that? And then is I was like, uh, that's too hard. John and, Sanford. Yeah. He has such a specific way of writing. Anyway, okay. You ready? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Number one. Back some time ago, I commented to someone, maybe even here, that I believed women were set to take over the world. But then came an epochal event that derailed that, possibly. At least temporarily. That is, the arrival of the cell phone. <laughs> is that John Sanford or Maddie? I'm going to say that's John Sanford because I... I I read, like, one of his posts, and he seems to be the kind of guy that will have, like, do you know what refrigerator thoughts are? No. Which is, like, when you wake up in the middle of the night, and you get up, and you go look for a snack, and you open the refrigerator, and you, like, in your, like, days, remember, like, random thoughts that popped in your head over the course of the day, mm-hmm. that's a refrigerator thought. And so I feel like he has a lot of those, and whenever he has those, he will put them on Facebook. And I yes. feel like that's a refrigerator thought. So I'm going to say John. You're correct. <laughs> this is the link that you sent me led directly to this, and I was like, that's a risk. But <laughs> there we go. It did lead to a very long rant. It was basically kind of like the ethos of it was like women be shopping. It was like women could take over the world, but they're glued to their cell phones. No, but John. <laughs> and they're like, women could keep their cell phones in their purse, but they keep them in their hands because they can't stop using their cell phones. And I was like, oh, okay. It's, we got so close and so, yet so far. Yeah. Okay. So that's number one. Okay. Number two. How lucky am I to have a good old-fashioned Minnesota woman? This week, I return home from a press tour to find she had mid- meticulously cleaned my motorcycle. Of course, she also sold the thing. <laughs> it's not John Sanford or Maddie. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to say this one's Maddie because John, who I think is an older man uh-huh. and a centrist, as we have covered, I think he is smart. Mm-hmm. Enough to not invest in a motorcycle. I mean, we'll see, but you're right. right. Ah, it's me. Incredible. <laughs> Hi. It's me. <laughs> okay. I fear this will be too easy, but here's number three. Okay. Some say I shouldn't be riding a hog at my ripe old age. 
To them I say, you're right, that's why I've got a broken arm. But I'd rather smash my ulna on a motorcycle than snap my radius by tripping over my house slippers. <laughs> is that John Sanford or uh, Maddie? This is hard. I, I want to say it's... Oh my god, I'm hitting myself in my face with my microphone. I want to say it's John only because in my very brief scroll <laughs> through John's Facebook, mm-hmm. I saw a picture of him wearing an eye patch because I think he yeah. got in some sort of accident. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think he's accident prone. So I'm going to say John. It was me. It was you. <laughs> That's so good. I did draw inspiration from the fact that he got some kind of injury. <laughs> I don't know if he lost an eye, but he was wearing an eye patch. He was wearing an eye patch. I think he also broke an arm. <laughs> Amazing. He's an old man, so like I think if he if he like breathes on his arm, it breaks. Yeah. <laughs> so Oof, I got one. She did it. Okay, number Green. four. Okay. Number four. Because that's the kind of guy I am. Tough, midwestern, and you know, still kind of a chick magnet at seventy eight, as most native Iowa men are. <laughs> Is that John Sanford or Maddie? I think it is John Sanford because I do think he is from Iowa and he is old and he's not an ugly man. So (laughs) for for you did not have to add that. And you're right. Amazing. (laughs) Your lust for John Sanford is strong. (laughs) Won the day here. Okay, great. Great. Hit me up. Okay. John. Number five, maybe. Maybe? Strange. Two, three, four, five. It's five. Okay. I count. No. Oh. Numbers. <laughs> okay. Five. Okay. I'm an older guy, friending about a young heroine. She's 24. And that's difficult, getting in that female mindset. I mean, why do women use all that toilet paper? <laughs> Is that John Sanford or Maddie? What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm going to say it's you, and then I'm going to ask for a follow-up question, which is okay. like, how much toilet paper do you use when you go to the bathroom? Women use so much because they're bleeding out of their vag. So, so this is assuming that we're on our periods. I mean, but then there's the period shits you have to consider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair, yeah. that's fair, that's fair. Um, I was going to ask a very personal question about, sure. how, about how you wipe, but what we know... Oh, I've got hemorrhoid wipes. <laughs> Tell me what that means. They're special <laughs> with witch hazel. <laughs> okay. That's all I'll say. So I'm going to say this one is you. It was not. Are you serious? <laughs> Another women be shopping. No. Uh, <laughs> opinion from No, John. Yeah, this was when he was writing about, like, writing Letty Davenport. That makes me wildly uncomfortable. Because <laughs> Letty's supposed to be his daughter, but okay. Why do women use all that toilet paper? I mean, I guess it's because of men. Son- I don't think they think use toilet paper when they pee. Say, men don't use toilet paper, so I think they just have uh, an outside understanding of how much toilet paper women use. Yeah. Strange. Okay. We should have like a TED Talk or something. I mean, like, we probably could not use toilet paper when we peed. I think if we took our hand and we just shook out all of the lady bits, <laughs> I think we probably wouldn't need it. Yeah. It wouldn't be ideal, but it's yeah. doable. Just like... I mean, if we were gross, it. like, cis men were... Men shake it out. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Okay. I'm ready. 
It can be tough being an old geezer from Iowa. I got no flair, no swag, as my younger readers might say. Still, I'd love to see one of them wrestle a loose sow back into the pen. A loose what? Sow. What is that? Define. It's a female pig. Google define. It's a female pig. (laughs) Okay. I think I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to say you made this one up. You're right. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Only because, only because, here's what tipped me off. Um, we are reaching the age where I think we're going to start to loathe young people soon. And so I, I, I sense a hint of God, resentment yeah. in, that, in that entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I get it? Yeah, you did. I did it. You did it. I, did it. I think you got most of them. I think I got two, maybe. I think you did good. You. You, tricked yeah. me. you tricked me once or twice. We did a great job. Oh, we're so good. So now... What's on the list? Final thoughts, uh, rating... Our rating system, we've never quite nailed down. No, it changes every day. Is that 1 to 100? Would you read... Instead of reading it 1 to 100, I'll ask you this. Okay, great, 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 great. Would you read another book in the (sighs) Prey series? Honestly, I think it would depend on the title. Like, one of the books in the Prey series was Ocean Prey. Mm -hmm. And I was like... I want to know what that means. Takes place in Florida. Did you Google this? Well, they reference it a couple times in the book. They're like, oh, our last adventure in Miami. Oh, you're right. You're right, you're right. So, like, I think it would depend on the title and what I think that title entails. But, like, no, I wouldn't wouldn't read all 32. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Because I think it's very formulaic, which, like, some people like because they like the comfort of that. But I, I need to switch it up. I would read one other. Which one? The next one. After this one? Yeah. Do you know what that is? Or are you just... No. No. Okay. I don't You're just trusting the process. Okay, great. this is the newest one. All right. What do, do you have a reason why? The way he set it up was compelling. I was like, what are these two freaks going to do? Not the freaks being the detectives, but the vigilantes. And you also want to know if Virgil Flowers has a successful book deal? God, I hope so. <laughs> this also made me stressed because he was like, I have to write 500 books to be successful. And I was like, is that true? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that takes a long time. That's so as many. someone who like writes words on paper sometimes. Do you actually have to write 50 books <laughs> to be, I don't think that's true. I think you, it depends on how good they are, but I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. How does publishing work? Because I was like, maybe I'll write one book and I'll be rich forever. I guess that won't happen. No, I don't think we can. I don't think that's the world we live in anymore. I don't think we can, like, ride the coattails of our one book success. Damn it. Mm. Well. Anyway, that's the rating. Um, we did the thing. It's time to pick the next book. It is time to pick. Do you have the randomizer? Yes. I will No. No. <gasps> I don't. Oh, what are we going to do? Uh, I can go get my phone. We can pause. We can pause. We're We're back. back. (laughs) Okay. Ready? Ready. I'm going to spin the wheel. Spin it. Eleven. Number eleven is... Oh, no. Oh, no. What is it? Don't tell me it's like the fucking Trump tapes or something. We can talk about this. It's called Justice Corrupted by None Other 
than Ted Cruz. No. Should we race? No. <laughs> we have to spin again. We have we to, spin, have to again. spin again. Morally. I'm not going to read a book written by Ted Cruz. Sorry. I mean, not even to roast. No. That's fucking disgusting. It's also probably a ghostwriter, so I don't even feel bad. That's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel right. sick. Thirteen. I'm so scared. Okay. I think it's better. I mean, Number, anything's better. It's it's called Baby, <laughs> and it's by Benjamin Netta. Wait, Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu. There it is. That's also an extremist. We can't read no, really? his book. Okay. Yeah, that's the uh, autobiography of the former prime minister of Israel. Yeah, and now again. Okay, spin again. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Why are people buying these books? Ooh, I, yeah, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Number seven. seven. Please be a celebrity. No! No! We might, we might need to skip genres. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what is it? It's Radio's Greatest of All Time by Rush Limbaugh. No, Rush Limbaugh? Are you fucking kidding me? No. What happened to Matthew McConaughey? Okay, spin one more time. And okay. If it doesn't work, something other than oh nonfiction. I, like, we're trying to read across, you know, genres and authors, but that is not what we're doing. I got 15. Did we already do that? Oh, this is interesting. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Number 15. Beyond the Wand by Tom Felton. Oh, I'd love to read that. The actor known for playing the villain, Drago Malfoy, recounts his life on and off the set of the film series. Beyond the Wand. That feels wholesome. I feel like I could read that. The Incredible Celebrity Memoir Book Club uh, covered this. And <laughs> I won't listen to it yet because right. I don't want to spoil. No. But shout out to them. They're amazing. We will, if you anyone wants to be a guest star, let us know. Right. All right. Thank fucking God. <laughs> Let's I, end it there. I promise we've never done that before. That was hard. That was hard. I just, yeah, there is no, there, we're not doing that. Sorry. Sorry, that's another rule. We'll add that to the list. No sequels and no... No sequels and no... Bad people. Alt-right villains. All right. Well, I think that's it. Do we want to cheers and say goodbye? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's take this. We had maybe the most wine we've had. Uh, we finished the bottle, so... Uh, Here we go. To men. <laughs> to, to the stags of the to world. To the stags. From a couple hens. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Best Sellers. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs>